Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Everybody, it's hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's 106 in Edmonton. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.c is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and software. Uh, we are going to head off to our Oilers Now headliner for Touchback Safety. Your safety's their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. We go to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined. Joined by a former NHLer, a longtime analyst for the Washington Capitals broadcasts and friend of the show, Al May. Hi, Al. How you doing? Doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, let's get let's talk a bit about the Capitals because there's a coaching situation going on there right now. Uh, it's a, an interesting one. Dick Patrick, I know some of the listeners don't know who he is, but he's the sort of the CEO of the Capitals. Brian McClellan's the general manager. Dick Patrick's been with Washington for a long, long time. Um, they need a head coach. Mike Babcock's name is out there. Peter Laviolette, Gerard Gallant, to name three. First of all, do you think it'll be a veteran uh, head coach that goes into Washington? I would absolutely 100% and guarantee that it would be. It is, uh, I think, imperative that a team that has older players like Ovechkin, Backstrom, Don Carlson, TJ Oshie, I think they have to have an older coach that they can respect. It's going to show them new things. It is stiff with the players when they don't perform, uh, commands a certain amount of discipline in, in different areas of the game. And that definitely was something that helped when Barry Trotz was here. And for a million reasons, you know, there was a reason Barry Trotz left and they weren't able to keep him. But uh, it was a veteran coach. And I think now a veteran coach with a winning pedigree is something that this team desperately wants to have because how long does Ovechkin have to keep defying age and what he's been doing on the ice as far as putting the puck behind goaltenders? All right. Well, we have a contrast between Gerard Gallant and then Babcock and Laviolette. Babcock and Laviolette are both seen as kind of being hard asses. Uh, Gallant is a player's coach to the point that the guys know if there ever was a coach that would stand up and fight in the NHL and take guys on still to this day, that's Gerard Gallant. We know this in Edmonton. When he was in Florida, he got pretty upset with... Uh, Oh, what's his face? Matt Hendricks. When Hendricks uh, concussed Aaron Eckblad there. To, like, that's the guy to go. Did, by the way, did you ever fight Gerard Glant along the way? He was a little out of your weight class, a little undersized guy. But he was a competitive, hard-nosed guy. So uh, give me your thoughts first on Gallant. 
Well, you know what? No, I never I did fight him. I was usually fighting someone else when I was playing against his teams. But he, uh, he he's a really good coach. And, I, you know, the biggest thing you have to wonder with him is two years after having excellent seasons, once in Florida and once in Vegas, he was out. And out early at the start of the season. So, you know, you have to wonder why those happen. I'm sure that Brian McCollin's done a due diligence on all of it. Uh, I liked really what his teams in Florida did defensively. They weren't that fast. They were really frustrating. They were awful for television uh, to play against because you couldn't move the puck against them. And unless you scored first, you weren't going to win those games. And then, you know, with Vegas, they were just so fast and furious and fun to watch when you first got in there. And then last year, I was in shock that he was let go. So, you know, you have to wonder where that is. I'm sure that all players, because I know he's a hell of a guy. I played with him briefly in the minor leagues, and he's a a great person. Everyone loves him. Uh, He does have a lot of fire within him. And I guess those big question marks is he hasn't lasted, you know, with those teams that he did well with that long. You know, there are red flags in that situation, and I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get back. And, and I'm positive he will get another job. I just don't think it'll be with the Washington Capitals. Okay. Uh, Babcock versus Laviolette. Uh, a Canadian taskmaster versus an American taskmaster? Is it that simple? No, nah, you know what? I don't, I don't think nationality matters uh, as far as the North American coaches. You know, they, they both earned their way. They both found ways to win Stanley Cups. Uh, you know, a lot of times Babcock is kind of torn, torn down. And, and you know, t- people can jab him because he only won one cup in Detroit. But I look at his team, but when you go and look at his roster, he had so many players, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38. Yeah. And we'll still turn up during the regular season, but I don't think you can win in the playoffs with an older team. And, you know, that, that they were extremely old. You know, you had guys in their 40s on those teams. So when you look at that, it's tough to win. I thought he pushed a lot of the right buttons. And with older players, you can't just let them come to the arena and be on cruise control. You, you've got to push their buttons. And, you know, there's a lot made of, you know, how, how we talk and treat the players. But I think there's two sides to every story. We only have people taking shots at him. And I'm sure that he would answer every question and every jab that's been thrown at him. Uh, but I'm a guy that I absolutely love his coaching style, his systems. I don't think anyone could want to on with the defensive group that they had while he was there. Yep. Uh, I, I like what he was able to do with his forwards. They played a pretty offensive game. They were tough on the puck. But ultimately, is you know, you're trying to get a lot of young players that have never had to think about playing defense and, and then go with a defensive roster that's really not that good. So it was made for fix, and you know all of the things that come out on Twitter uh, that come out, you know, when people are taking shots anonymously, I don't buy. But I'm a big believer in, in the way he coaches hockey, and I think if he gets another chance, he probably want to do it with a, a team that has guys like a Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Oshie Backstrom, players that you can really work with, a John Carlson. Uh, you know, have that older go-to defenseman, and you know he's just a really good coach in my estimation. And then. Who could discount Peter Laviolette? His teams play fast. Uh, he's been to the finals three times. He's taken teams that were ready-made and got them to the finals. And, you know, he, he's got a good way. He coaches with fire. You know, I guess the only knock I would have on him a little bit would be, you know, does he try to play too fast a game when he doesn't have the horse to pass game? You know, which loses a lot of gaps in defensive coverage and, you know, a lot of flybys and things that happen when you get gassed. These are not the greatest skaters in the world and not the fastest. So, that those are the questions that have to be answered by, you know, during the coaching search between, you know, Dick Patrick and Brandon. It's gonna, I'm pretty positive it'll be one of those two names. 
Okay. And uh, I, I do not have a problem with either of those guys. And, you know, one's going to cost a lot more than the other, uh, and that would be Babcock. He's got a lot of term left. Uh, it sounds like Toronto's willing to take take on money. They just don't want to pay the entire thing on him, and it's just a matter of a team that's never paid a coach more than a million and a half dollars a year whether they want to go up into the area. Washington has never paid a head coach more than a million and a half dollars a year? Well, if, if the rumors are true or, or what was stated that Barry Trotz was making 1.5, and I believe he was the highest paid coach here because you look at in the past, it was all rookie coaches. Uh, right, Trotz right. came here and made a lot more than he made in Nashville. Uh, signed a six million dollar deal and had a two year. He won the cup. It, it topped up one point seven five for a couple of years, and he didn't want that. And they couldn't come to agreement on a new contract. So there's a lot of things that happened. So Washington, uh, I think this will be the first time they're willing to spend more money than they ever have in the past to get the right coach. Because I think just going with the the younger associate coach with without previous head coaching NHL experience didn't work for them. It didn't work at all because you look at, you know, how they were embarrassed in the playoffs two years in a row, and it's just not right. You need a guy that can push buttons, that can make changes, adjust on the fly, uh, and get players to go where they haven't. You know, well, some of these guys have been there, but half this team has won a Stanley Cup, but, you know, you, you've got to find a way to win every different season. Yeah, it's interesting to me, Al May joining us right now to Washington. I mean, Al, the, the, the Caps went from being a top-two defensive team in the league the last two years Trotz was there to drop into, like, 16th and 21st. They haven't been that good defensively. I mean, they've got the horsepower up front. That's a given. But they've struggled a bit to defend, and ultimately, that and, and that's going to, because we're going to talk a bit about goaltending. I know Samsonov's a real good goaltender. Uh, you know, he's got a, a high upside, high ceiling. Brayden Brayden Holtby, has he played his last games in Washington? You know what? I would expect so unless he comes at the team with an offer that they can't refuse. You know, because it's a matter of, you know, it's not a great time to be a goaltender with so many free agent, unrestricted free agent goalies on the market. And, you know, once this opens up, it's going to be crazy how it happens and what happens the first few days. And I think he's 30 or 31. Um, and he'll sign his next contract, and I don't think we're going to see another max contract like Bobrovsky for a while, because that didn't work, whether it was Bobrovsky or the way the team played in front of him in Florida, but I don't think the big bucks are going to be there, and I don't think the long term is going to be there. So it's going to be about coming together for what a fit is. I, mean, I believe he's fit in well here. I didn't think the team played well in front of him at all the last couple of years as far as the defensive style of game. Uh, there were too many holes. He had too many high-danger chances against. I feel like he led the league in breakaway attempts against and did a really good job of stopping the majority of those breakaways. And to me, a breakaway is always in the shooter's favor. Uh, so it, it's a matter of, you know, what is he looking for? Does he want to be one of those guys like everyone else that may want to be on an expansion team like Seattle in a year and maybe only signs a one-year deal somewhere or someone ponies up the door and makes him an offer? He can't financially refuse. Well, uh, just so the listeners don't know, Braden Holpe last year was a $6.1 million cap hit, real dollars, $5 million bucks. He had an 898 save percentage. Like, he was a sub-900. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people say you can't bring Mike Smith back. He's 38. Mike Smith was at 903. You know, like, you know, Holpe went 25 and 14. Smith went 19 and 12 on not as good a team. So, and, and, and uh, Holpe had a higher goals against average. So, uh, it, it, uh, no question it's going to be, uh, crazy to watch hey uh tampa bay we've talked a lot about the lightning over the years how much did julian breezeball going out changing the complexion of their bottom six getting maroon in the offseason last year adding uh 
a very competitive player from San Jose, Barkley Goodrow, as well as Blake Coleman. How much has that played a factor in, in, in what Tampa Bay has been able to do? Oh, absolutely incredible what it's done for that roster. When I look at those guys, they were just way too soft the last couple of years. When they start those additions late in February, or early February, whenever it was, they added a lot of different pieces of their team. Pat Maroon didn't fit in all season long. From that time, compared to hockey, they were more in your face. They were scrumming it up. They had a belief in team toughness. And I know that made all the difference in the world. Capitals when Barry Trotz got here is they started to go to the team toughness thing, not just putting it on the shoulders of one player to go out and stir it up at all times. And now you see there's so many players, Gord, uh, Sorelli, they're always in it. Uh, they're always getting their noses in there. Zach Bogosian gets his nose in. And, you know, they're playing with some defense. So what they've done is they weren't able to play those heavy games before. And now they're playing against a pretty heavy hockey team in the New York Islanders. And they've had to adjust, and they've made great adjustments physically to be able to compete with the Islanders in this series. And they've been able to knock them off pucks. They've been able to wear them out. The Islanders were tired to me the last few games. And I think that's because Tampa, and Tampa's had adversity. You know, the points injury again the last game, that's the last nine minutes of uh, yesterday's game. So they've been able to adjust by, by gritting it out. And, you know, Barkley Goudreau's done such an incredible job in the face-off circle, killing penalties defensively and mucking up. So they definitely were too pretty of a hockey team before. Uh, there's a whole lot more leather on the way they play the game right now. Hey, look, you, you spent a couple seasons playing on Dave Tippett's line. Uh, the Oilers had a big step forward. They had top two power play and penalty kill in the NHL. Best power play in 40 years. Uh, continuity is important. Oilers need to, they don't have a lot of cap space, Alan, but uh, they need to make some adjustments and change some things around. Uh, are you surprised that Tippett had the initial success this year in Edmonton that he did? Absolutely not. I saw what he was able to do with that team in Arizona. And you, you know, if you just look at the record, you're going to say, what was he doing? When I, I had a lot of games, he was playing with a $30 million roster with the amount of guys they had. You know, they were buying contracts to, to get over the cap. And they were, but they had a lot of injuries. Highly competitive every night. The players were learning how to play both ways at the puck. And I think what he's able to do, he's such a details guy. Uh, he did it in Dallas. There were so many details paid attention to. And he finds a way to communicate with players. Players don't have a problem David Twiston in the day. And they'll go out and do what he, do what he asks. He, he's a great instructor, a great teacher. Uh, he's always had a great rapport with his players. And once again, it's the details of the game were missing there for a long time. And it got away from them. And I, it was good to see it get back there last year. But once again, you're going to need some more different horses to get this team going you know, to where they want to go in the playoffs. As, as maybe you need, you got to have three lines you can depend on. Uh, you've got to have a top four defense. And I think when you have the, the top nine in the forwards and, and a good top four defenseman, okay, what Mike Smith or Braden Holpe's uh, goals, uh, you know, save percentages were, you've got to find a way to tighten it up so your goaltenders only have to worry about the puck in front of them, not to worry about all the backdoor plays, the seam passes that make it so hard for goaltenders to stop. And once you control your own zone defensively, you're going to be a lot better team. 
Uh, this text comes in. Uh, just We're going to circle back to Holpe for a second. He goes, Bob, how can you go from talking about Washington's defensive ranking dropping after Trotz left and then go to Holpe's save percentage? Was it coaching or was it the goaltending? Their goalie coach, by the way, was Mitch Korn uh, when uh, Trotz was with Washington, and Mitch Korn went to the Islanders, resuscitated Robin Leonard's career, uh, and obviously this year had Varlamov and Thomas Grice. So in your opinion, how much of it was the system that Trotz was playing and how much of it was Holtby in terms of the 898 this year? Well, I, I look at it this year and I say it was all he had way too many high danger scoring chances. You would just shake your head watching the games with the quality of opportunities that the other teams were getting. Odd man rushes, breakaways galore, high danger chances below the hash marks. And if a goaltender doesn't stop those first shots, they're in trouble. And I think it gets to a goaltender after a while when the team is giving it up, and he knows that he has to be absolutely perfect. And if you're not lucky every single night and you're not absolutely 100% in your game, you are going to get stung. So I'm not putting on a whole thing. I still believe in him as a goaltender. Look what Barry Trotz has done with the last two years of whoever his goaltenders are. And Mitch Korn's yep. a big part of that, but so is the defensive system that Blaine Lambert and Barry Trotz put in front of the team. And they get a buy-in, what they've done with Matt, Matt Barzell, to make him a two-way player. Uh, and all those other players they have in the team, there's a buy-in. They understand it. And, and he's got a, a, a greater voice, a more powerful voice now, because he's won a Stanley Cup. And it's easier to go in the room as that, whereas there's doubt that he never got out of the second round before. And, and you look at all of that. But So now Barry has a lot better command. The, the system last two years was too easy, too soft. It wasn't a black and blue style of game, and we're seeing right now what is what is Tampa, what do the Islanders have? They play black and blue, and they still got a lot of good hockey players. What is Dallas doing? They're depending on the black and blue part of the game. You know, Vegas they're, they're depending on a lot of speed and, and moving the puck around side to side. But I think it's the black and blue that makes the team better defensively, and therefore makes your goaltenders look better defensively. You got to have that dimension in your game. I mean, last year St. Louis and Boston, same thing. You've got to have a physical dimension. The Oilers were not all the way there yet. We'll see if Tippett and uh, Ken Holland can, uh, uh, you know, have some different intangibles to work with carrying forward. Al, we love having you on the show. Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot, Bob. Talk to you soon. You bet. 123 in Edmonton. Let's get to a quick couple texts. This one comes to us from Anita. She says. Most of us agree the Oilers need to make some tweaks. Backup or tandem goalie and a third-line center. Nugent Hopkins is our best two-way forward and does so many things right. Let's not throw baby Nuge out with the bathwater. He should be an Oiler for life. And again, you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floor uh, text line. Brent says, I'd sign Art Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's a player that would be a major asset for years to come. He bleeds oil like Ryan Smith did. Now, that comes to us from Brent. Well, fact of the matter is, um, I brought a name up the other day. I had spoke to somebody last night about this as well, Norm Ullman. Norm Ullman, his first six or seven years in Detroit, and he went to Detroit at like 20 in the old six-team NHL. He didn't. He became a better offensive player between 27 and 34 than he was when he was 20 to 27. And I do think Nugent Hopkins is a complimentary second-line left wing on a good power play of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, he has a chance to be a 70, 80-point guy later on in his career. 
Uh, and he hasn't got to, he would have got to 70 points this year. I think that's fair. I think he had 61 points in like 65 games or something like that. So big, uh, big rig, Al, says Bob. Ryan Nugent Hopkins should be untouchable. They'll need a proven defender for their own end as a priority, in my opinion, uh, moving forward. Again, Sparky Kev says, Oilers must and will sign Nugent Hopkins. I want to see seven times seven keep Nuge forever. Well, in a $81.5 million cap system, I think uh, another texter says keep Nuge forever. Another text says definitely get it done. Uh, <laughs> Bob, we should sign Stamkos since Tampa Bay doesn't, or sorry, trade for Stamkos since Tampa Bay doesn't need him anymore. Let's go to the Toronto route. Screw defense. Uh, yeah. Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. Bob, keep your uh, eyes on Seattle free agency coming forward. They're going to get some good players. I'd agree. They're poised to get, get good players. Keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing you winning results for over 35 years. When we come back in Oilers Now, more texts. Uh, you're listening to Oilers Now. It's 125 at Edmonton. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. 127 in Edmonton. There's an old saying in the car business. In these parts, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service is the key to business as well. Brent Rich Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase, and they'll continue that standard of service as well after the sale. Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, they're all winners fans out at Brent Ridge Ford, and they'll lend you a hand. You can reach them at 1-877-477-3673 or go online at brentridge.com. Brendan, I asked the question to our texters on our Ashley Five Floors text line about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Oilers GM has texted the show to say, Bob, trading R&H would set the franchise back as many years as the Hall trade. You do the math on that from Oilers GM. And it, to me, like, I see a long-term deal being doable, somewhere between 65 to $7 million, I would assume, per year. The $81.5 million cap would play a factor. I think we're going to be flat for three or four years here. Um, heck, I, I'm hoping that by the start of 2021-22, we'll have a full fans back on board because it, it changes the experience. But, Brendan, you tell me, what would if, if you're Ken Holland, what do you do with Nugent Hopkins? Yeah, you have to keep this player. To me, Bob, whether he's with McDavid or if he's on that second line with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto, he's making other players on the ice better. And at the price point that you should be able to massage this camp down to, I really think that you're not going to find similar production anywhere else across the league. And that's before you talk about the player's understanding of the market. And uh, in, in our market in particular, I really believe that goes a long way. So to do whatever they can to get Nugent Hopkins done on a longer term deal, that's got my vote. Yeah, I, and again, I, I think he can get to a higher offensive level. Uh, put it this way. I think he can get to a higher offensive level if he plays left wing with either McDavid or Dreisaitl and help the Oilers to get a better place if he's playing left wing with either one of those two than if McDavid and Dreisaitl play together and Nugent Hopkins centers his own line 5v5. On special teams, Edmonton was number one in the league on the power play and number two in the league in PK. 
Who was the one forward that played a lot in both situations? Do the math. And uh, Texas at 780-496-0063. Bobby, when are we trading Darnell Nurse for Nikolai Ehlers? And why is Nurse so bad? What are you talking about? I fired off a stat the other day. Last three seasons in five-on-five play, Darnell Nurse is third. Or check that, seventh. Seventh in the NHL, even strength scoring. Five-on-five. Now... He has played a lot with McDavid, and that helps. But just keep that in mind. I, I don't get it. Uh, Bob, Anthony Sorelli is a better player than Nugent Hopkins with a lower cap hit. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, what are your thoughts on trading Nurse for Gallagher? It's not happening. Nurse is going to be a part of things. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Reed Wilkins up next on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.